about to win so big. Tell me, hydraulic money. Yeah. Money coming in. Tell me, what's the program? 25 days of cush. Yeah, get with the program. Show them what they wave, get the program. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. The TTD boys are active in these streets. Joe Rogers in the booth with me today. We have another special one for you. This guy is a beast, an absolute problem. He played at Virginia Tech. He graduated in 2008. He got drafted by the Buffalo Bills. Now, He's the defensive end coach for the Richmond Spiders. Virginia all day, staying in state, bring them home, our state, you know, all that shit. Anyway, welcome to the pod, Virginia Tech legend, Chris Ellis. How you living, man? Can't complain. I appreciate y'all guys for having me on. Thanks for being on, man. You're one of the greats that we watched growing up and had a lot of good memories of you. So this is really cool for everybody involved. No, no doubt, no doubt. Those are good times, man. We still catch up with a lot of the guys, man, chop up some of those old memories, especially um, with a lot of the alumni coming back to the Berg these days. So it's been refreshing. Yeah, that's kind of been picking up. I feel like uh, the alumni are starting to come back around, and that's gaining some steam. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to pay dividends in the future for Prime, man. He's done a great job of just establishing some contact, let them know anytime you pull up, you know, you always got a home there, which – it's been a little gap between uh, Coach Bing, Coach Beamer's tenure and then obviously uh, picking up with Coach Bryant. So I know um, they're about to induct Vince this weekend, so I couldn't make that one. But bringing all those connections back, man. Back in 03, my time there, the 07, stories go on for days. Obviously, the, they showed up on Saturdays and Thursday nights. So. Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, defense is nothing but dogs, man. Man, I swear. Like, I mean, you think games are fun. You should have watched practice, man. <laughs> If you weren't trying to get after it, man, you would get, you know, asked to remove yourself from my defense. Like, you, you had to have a certain mentality and a certain way about you. Otherwise, you just couldn't be out there. With, you know, the players wouldn't let you, much less go Foster. How much did Bud Foster stir the pot with that, knowing that he had so many alphas on, on the de defensive side of the ball, like, in practice? Like, did y'all cultivate that culture yourself, or Bud really, like, stirred that up? Yeah, man, that's a great way to put it too. With the alpha part of it, because that that is in, not in each position room, uh, but also on the defense as a, as it pertains to communication, who's making the most plays, who's getting calls for what. You know, you got to establish yourself before you even get put in a. I'm calling this twist for you, or this coverage for you, or this blitz for you. You know, so that just that mindset coming in as a young guy. I mean, obviously, it came from the gritty days of J.C. Price and Cornell Brown and Pierce McLeod, Prelude and. Tory Gray and all those guys in the 90s. But then when I tapped down, we're just leaving, you know, Mike Vick's uh, run for Heisman in 2000 and exposure and got Virginia rocking. So defense has always been strong, but we were really peaking at that time. We're hitting a new conference. And, man, if you weren't willing or prepared to get into some type of qualification or a fight in practice, and obviously with good intentions and passion, but that's how bad you had to want to get on the field or just with no room for it. So. Coach Foster did a great job of just playing the soundboard off of that and also while establishing goals 
what we need to be, where we want to be, and then where we are currently, and also how we're going to get there. So I got a goal. I got a vision. Now it's up to you guys to, you know, um, kind of police yourselves in regard and be accountable for what that looks like. And when we're not there, when we're close, when we're relaxed, when we're picking it up, when we're going too far, you know, he had a great uh, balance of it all. Where are you from originally? I'm from uh, Newport News, Virginia. Okay, 757. Yeah, man. Right down the road is the school actually in Hampton, Virginia, um, at Bethel High School. So played against Jimmy, uh, Marcus Higgins, some of those guys from UVA uh, my early years, but Jimmy came over in senior year. So we had some familiarity before we even got to Virginia Tech. And you went and to Bethel. Recruiter? Sorry, Dan. What's that? You said you went to Bethel? Bethel High School, yes, sir. Hey, there's no no other notable people from that high school, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, <laughs> AI, baby. Yeah, AI. Yeah, James Gale came behind me as DM, but then his uncle as well, Sean Gale, that played for the Bears. I went to Ohio State. He came from there. So we, we got a few, you know, as it pertains to football. We got a little bit of basketball with um Yeah, plethora of talent down there. Who was your recruiter from tech? Who had who reached out to you and recruited Jim Cavanaugh had this side of the border. So Jim Cavanaugh was uh bringing them up. Uh Bringing them up by the bundles. Him and uh, Coach Steinspringer had the other side of water in Chesapeake, Virginia Beach. They kind of controlled that 757 area between them two. What made you choose Virginia Tech? Just like the Mike Vick hype and like the fact that Beamer had it had it popping at the time, or did you have intriguing offers elsewhere? Oh, I had plenty of offers el- elsewhere, man. I, you know, as far as Michigan, up and down, you know, NC State, Maryland, uh, Florida, uh, up and down the East Coast, few. Uh, in the north, but uh, really, I mean, Mike Vick was the exposure, you know, but like the defense, it was a business decision. I knew where I wanted to go, and then after meeting with Coach Foster, that was the exact mindset that I was on. He encouraged it, he didn't, you got to be like this, so he allowed me to be me, and I'm gonna put you in this environment to see if you can still be you in this environment. Which, to, with, to your point, which you pointed out earlier, was the alpha mindset. We were coming out here to dominate, not play with, not play next to, but dominate. Get enough of those on defense and it'll take care of itself. So it was a business decision to go to uh, Virginia Tech, but also doing it with guys I've played against. Xavier Deep played against him since he, we, were, we were, what, 12 years old in Pee Wee League. Uh, DJ Parker, Vince Hall, we played in scrimmage him uh, my senior year in high school at Western Branch. So we're all getting recruited by a lot of the same schools, but it would be dope if we all put our talent together because I respect what you do. I know you can ball. Let's bring this together for four years. What can't we do? How was that? transition coming into tech your first year you know getting into blacksburg did you have a good time there did you enjoy blacksburg yeah the the beautiful part of it is coach foster was able to register the whole defense (laughs) so if you can imagine barry Barry book and carlton powell uh came in with rolling minor like all these guys um dj parker brandon flowers like we all had a year off they were coming from our grade and some military academies but I mean, when the guys traveled, we had campus to ourselves, so that speaks for itself. <laughs> we were ripping and running on campus, but it's a chance to develop our bodies, catch up to um, the university as a whole, culture shock. Virginia Tech has done a great job dominating the recruiting side of, on the whole state of Virginia as a whole. And so getting there, you got guys like D'Angelo Hall that are already you know, establishing themselves at high levels. So you see the access and what it can be and what it takes to be that but also being, you know, embraced by those older guys. And when they see something in you in practice and they know, like, okay, he can be able to play for us one day. He got what it takes. Like, he can play on our defense. He won't get ran out of here. That kind of takes its own. So, 
when that party took hold and guys started establishing confidence, man, it, it was it was a good, smooth transition, man. We had some fun times, especially as a redshirt class. Just those years of bonding, we were all in the same suite. You don't have to motivate that every day in practice. You don't have to come up with any elaborate speech to get them to practice hard on Tuesday. We're doing that anyway. You know, that part takes care of itself. And I think just doing that and rolling, coming from down to D.C. and uh, Josh Morgan, and you got Josh Hyman across the water, was already in confidence. Like, done all of those attitudes, like, you didn't have to ask us to practice. You had to kind of slow us down in practice. <laughs> you know, redshirt and the whole defense. I just remember this. We're going against Kevin Johnson. You got Jeff King. You got uh, Ernest Wilford. These guys on the offensive side of the ball. And we redshirted the whole defense. So we're all scout team. So literally, we're all young guys playing together, but trying to hold our own against, you know, seniors, juniors, you know, while taking care of them, but having an attitude that I deserve to be out here too. And you know, there would be scuffles out there just in scout team of staying off of KJ. But, you know, we got to shoulder bump them every now and then to let them know that would have been a hit. You're not just running through here as clean as you think you are. <laughs> just being young guys. Same thing with Jeff King. Like, you know, being able to press, rolling Marlin, you know, Ernest Wilford and those guys. So just those battles back and forth is like a mindset that you can't, can't really coach that. You're not going to get there. No coach is going to put that in you for the most part. He can introduce you to it, but it has to be in you to begin with. They did a great job of finding those kids who wanted that. And if, they, if that's a want, that's never nothing. You have to come in and, and put on a PowerPoint presentation or anything. What you really got to do is put them out there, give them some pads. Where's the ball? Blow a whistle. Let's go. Now, you were 49 at Virginia Tech. Yes, sir. Where, where did that – how did you choose that number? Where did that come from? I had to get Carter Worley out of it first. So. Yeah. But that came from Julius Peppers, man. He was freaking nature, and I wasn't quite the freak he was. But watching him do his thing at uh, – at North Carolina, I mean, obviously doing it basketball, but football to be that dominant, every facet, fast, physical, athletic. So I saw a lot of those qualities in myself, and I was like, you know, everybody has 90, 98, to, to whatever. Let's switch it up a little bit. Did you have a, like, certain team that you, like, really got up to play? Like, you were like, oh, they coming in this week, or we're going there this week. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely ready for this one. In, in conference, uh, I'm going to be honest, we, I, I was lucky we came in, we kind of you know, dominated the ACC for the lack of a better term. So to get up, my, my get up game was more at USC. Like that was my first game when we played them at, um, at FedEx Stadium up there in Washington. I believe we were the first game in there. And so games like that were like premium conference, Auburn, Sugar Bowl, Louisville, surprised like that battle back and forth. But Louisville wasn't like they, their makeup as a team was made up like ours. And you could see it on film. I was encouraged to play guys with that type of mindset because, again, enough alphas on it. You really get to see where you stand with that type of mindset in that competition. But in conference, I would say it probably came from more your know, Southern games, your Miami games. Yeah, even though they're not the Miami of old at the time, uh, but Miami was always a big game because you know you're going to be out there with athletes and guys who, for lack of a better term, weren't going to take no shit. Would you say? UVA or West Virginia is a bigger rival. Yeah, I got to go West Virginia, man. UVA was what it was at the time. It was cool to play against guys you had played against and are from the same area as, but we looked at that as a stat game. Like, I'm about to come get my stats out here. West Virginia was more like, all right, it was territorial. Yeah, I was at that USC game, and I thought we really – I thought when I mean, Reggie was going crazy, but but we were we were in it. 
and then yeah, they bro. they called that bullshit OPI or whatever. Against Josh Hyman, yeah. Yeah, against Hyman, and it just back. like changed everything. When do you see offensive pass interference? And this is what? How many years ago? Like, come on, man. If you want yeah. to give it to them, just give it to them. But don't don't call offensive pass because you don't call that call anyway. Well, especially yeah, when help. they were doing it too. Mike Williams right. had a massive push off two drives Absolutely. before that. That's a fact. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a home game. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, uh, Mike Gentry's going in the Hall of Fame uh, this weekend. How much of an impact <laughs> did he have on your life? <laughs> oh, Mike, man. He was going to push you to your limits uh, physically, you know, especially with the mindset that a lot of guys came in with as far as making it to the next level. He was going to text you know, and, and challenge you uh, physically because your talent is what got you here, but what you're going to be able to develop is what's going to keep you here and excel you. And so he was able to push all those limits and find out how strong you could really be and what you could actually take and push the mental side of it, you know, through summer workouts, which were the more egregious, right? That, right, that build up for the season, then you'll cool down a little bit right in mid July to, you know, to pick it up from, from all that year's work. But he was instrumental in the body development. I mean, at the time, we, we looked good coming off the bus. I know that doesn't necessarily win all games, but you can see certain teams and like, not really worried about that. And then other teams are like, yep, they're going to move people. And I think that's what happened on all levels. Like, we, our punters were jacked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Our long snappers were jacked. Like, nobody was uh, coming out of the Jerry's program, uh, which is a beach body workout. That's not how it's going to go there. So I'm happy that he's getting in, too. That's actually a really good inductee class. You got Cam going in, Vince going there. It's, it's a good little, uh, it's a good year. So bring all those guys in, but yeah, Jeff was, was the man. Like, he was going to get it out of you and body-wise. He developed a lot of guys to be what they were there and also their future careers. Yeah, we do have a really good Hall of Fame class coming in this year. Bruce Arians, too, another legend. Yeah, that's another one. Bruce, oh yeah. Super Bowl champion. Yeah, this going to be a good class. Yeah, we can. We're doing something right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. So one of my favorite memories was your interception against Florida State. <laughs> yeah, rolled into that one, man. He actually got some pressure on the quarterback to play before, but got dumped on my back. I got my bell rung, for uh, lack of a better term. But, yeah, you play off the cut, and you should be surprised with um, what falls in your hands. What gave you the idea to flip in the end zone, though? <laughs> that's what I mean. So I was a little hazy from the play before. I didn't flip it. I was tripping. And this is how I ensured that I got the touchdown. I would have loved to have strolled in on two. You told me that you didn't do too many interviews when you were at Virginia Tech. No, but, uh, kept those on the kept those, uh, low. <laughs> we, uh, we actually soon we're going to have Kyle Tucker on to talk about his time as the Tech beat writer. Did you have any uh, interactions with him while you were at, while you were at Tech? Specifically, I can't remember. I know we did a big write-up going into like my senior year and stuff, but a little bit more candid guy myself. So as it pertains to being politically correct and saying the right things, I'm probably not uh, Coach Beamer's first choice, second, or maybe third. But you know, it was uh, I, I can't remember if I had any specifically uh, with him. But you know, whatever I said in the interview, it was off the heart. So. Did you have a favorite spot downtown to go eat? Uh, we, it's Sharky, but it used to be uh, Woody's. Yeah. It used to be Woody's back in the day, which was good for us. Um, man, when I went to Blackbird recently, hell, I don't even know if they have half, half the places they used to, but 
uh, Hokey House is always so you know it's always good love that guys kind of rally. Yeah, Hokey House still around, thankfully. That's a good spot. Yeah, man. What was your draft process like? Well, coming out, man, it was it was interesting. New England had out the seventies or seventy second pick. New England had the seventy third pick. So with them being in conference and. My guess is because New England also took an outside linebacker, the uh, body, Sean Crable from Michigan. And so it's almost like you're drafting somebody else's. You want to get them before somebody else does. Now, you spent some time in Buffalo. You were there three years and then played for the Steelers after that. Which, no. which two out of the two, which was your favorite destination to be at? Uh, it's a little tour because, like, the early years in Buffalo were – Sporting man, I had a lot of good best friends with Marcus Stroud. Yeah. I was able to meet him actually before that Brown when I was down in the Chick fil A. So, a really good guy to, you know, him being a vet already. Everything bottled in one. That trip was um, with Pittsburgh, you know, being able to be along for their Super Bowl. An environment that he was able to create with such a veteran team and being such a family oriented guy, and everything doesn't have to be just business. A lot of the families and kids to be around. I mean, that would be a normal weekly thing. I saw the benefits of that, what it does for you. Because football demands so much of your hours that you don't feel torn when your family can be at the facility and they can eat at the facility and your kids can be on the field. Now, obviously, we got meetings and practice to go to. Between that, you can be with your family. Just watching guys do it on a very mature level with vision and then a level of professionalism to obtain a goal was something that I took from that. Uh, it, I mean, to not only make it to the NFL, but also be along for like a Super Bowl ride. It is, uh, and that's a great benefit, so it don't get much better than that. What made you get into coaching? Did you always know you wanted to do it? or? Yeah, I can't say I always knew I wanted to do it, but I probably would say now, hindsight, just having more of a knack for like caring about guys that come behind you making things a little bit better for them than it was for you or, you know, leaving something better than you found it. So just having that type of mentality or naturalness about myself, you know, that's kind of when I started out with the phrase, but, you know, teaching them early when I learned late, whether that's the good or the bad, just forming them in ways that maybe I was born and allowing them to thrive through that. So just with that ability and, and desire, you know, coaching was a natural uh, fit because I'm able to room and infect other uh, positions and, and in the team in different ways that are are not just based around football. Was Canada a switch? You know, coaching up there, was that kind of – I mean, I know the game's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Like you said, just from the st uh, strategy standpoint, the last four minutes of the Canadian football game, the, the score can change five, six times just because of so many different ways you can score, so many different ways you can obtain possession. Um, so, uh, strategically, it's a lot more fun, even for the fans. You know, just so much can happen in those uh, four, last four minutes that, you know, those games are never really dull or you're never going to be out. As far as change, I mean, football is football, right? Like, so you're adding the man on the field. But, you know, I enjoy the – so you, it comes with a, a different mindset versus that may not see this themselves, but you see it. So you got to get them to see this for themselves. Wow also developing their skill set versus when they're in uh, in a pro game already, they already see it in themselves. Now you're just every day sharpening uh, that iron every day. And so it just brings on that uh, element where you really dive into football on an eight-hour-a-day level 
versus the three hours you get during the day in college. What uh, what brought you to Richmond? Uh, actually, um, so the defensive coordinator, uh, Justin Wood, is actually uh, my linebacker in high school at Belton. So he actually gave my first job when I got into coaching. I'm coming out of Canada, maybe 2012. So I actually did a short stint with the NFLPA, uh, their program of getting former players into coaching at Frostburg State, which is a deep three school in the western part of Maryland. But that was just for a season. Then coming back home uh, in 2014, he was at Christopher Newport where he had played, made all America. Gave my first opportunity, you know, trying to room out. You know, guys in a room that believe in all the same and buying in. You know, that, that's something that kind of took off in that first year. So that kind of is what led me to Richmond, just staying, you know, connected through networks and uh, him seeing what I can do with, you know, different abilities and mindsets. And it just kind of, it offsets, you know, what good things that he already does well, and they're bringing me into it. I was able to kind of elevate some of the players they've already recruited skill set. So, Do you enjoy coaching the D-line? Oh, yeah. Seen as, was your college position? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just more natural, obviously, more uh, mindset that I'm used to. You know, you got to get a little bit down there in the trenches. But then also, you know, just being able to sharpen guys because this game is turning into such a passing game, right? So you got to have pass rushers. So just being able to develop that mindset and what it takes to actually win in the pass rush game and affect the, affect the game up front, you know, because that's still where it starts at any point. You guys are having a pretty successful year. Um, yeah. Do you do you like communicate like you like there are certain like people that you like talk to or like get advice from as the season moves along or like certain coaching situations or like J.C. Price or somebody like that? Yeah, I caught up with J.C. a little bit at the convention uh, in January and then obviously running the recruiting trail. They have a lot of big camps out there, uh, Virginia Tech. So I attended one of the camps. It was like June 9th or 10th. You know, so catching up with those guys, like a lot of alumni back there, Xavier, and those guys. But I picked J.C.'s brain, you know. But, uh, like, I was fortunate enough to have Cornell Brown back my sophomore year. He came to Virginia Tech, a graduate assistant. So not only is his skill set and his ability as a player, right, because he had a great career there, but then also just to give me more insight on the actual position. I know the playbook already. I know where to be and how to be it now. How do I really sharpen myself as a defensive end and see the game different, watch film different, tendencies and things that I can pick up on that I think really elevated my game for back into my career. And so with him being in the coaching game as well, and now he's actually in the CFL out there at Calgary, you know, he's someone I lean on just how to navigate the industry this part of the season when you got kids that are kind of hitting a, a wall and they're struggling or some that have this ability, but how to get it out of them. Do you keep in touch with Bud still? Uh, yeah, yeah we, uh, we we stay in contact, you know, a couple times a year. And I know he helps out a lot around there, everything in tech now. He hangs out more at the lake house than he did when we were playing, but he definitely went from Jesus. So, and I just saw him at the spring game this past year. You know, he, he helped with, like, all, obviously, the being kind of an ambassador to golf events and stuff like that. But, and it's always good just kind of chopping up with him and kind of reliving some of those good times with him. And, and Buzz always good for like really showing. You know, he's never far away from like his appreciation of like he knows the hours we put in and you know put our body on the line and what it took for us to be as good as we were during that time. He's uh, very appreciative of that. That feels good because 
like I said, everybody was pouring into that pot with the same mindset. So, you know, a lot of things were sacrificed to get to that success. And, you know, he is aware of that. And him being aware of that just lets you know that it was all worth it. Yeah, we saw a pretty cool video of uh, Rock and Bud Foster on the sideline this year. I think it was from the Boston College game, and he was really appreciative for Rock Carmichael's time. And yeah, I think you know. that kind of <laughs> showed some of that. Yeah, he'll have, like I said, it's had a lot of sacrifices were made, you know, by players and coaches you know, during that time. So just you saw a little sentimental moment right there, but like Bud, I'll have that, but you know, thirty other players, forty other players, fifteen other players. But, he knows that they know, and they know that he knows. Yeah, I think it was good for the fans to see how he is, you know, to be able to see that. Okay. Not just, okay. not just to hear about it. That was cool, you know, and to know yeah. that he's like that. Everybody just I think no, it says a lot for Bud Foster. No, absolutely. I mean, intense guy, but. I guess it's safe to say that Bud Foster has had a huge influence on the way that you carry your defensive line room. Oh, absolutely. J.C. Price as well. Like, there's some mindset. Charlie Wilds, you know, who was my D-line coach while I was there. Cornell Brown came back and, and helped out really sharp. And, like, all that piles into, you know, like, it's easy when things are good. It's like, what are you doing when, when it isn't working so well? That wasn't a great thing. So guys are maybe, you know, fading away a little bit. How you bring them back to the original goal and, and what we all set for ourselves and the demand, you know, to be great is why we're all here and so only you know leaning on all those guys they're a part of the foundation the mentality that i instill in my guys we're gonna make football fun but it ain't fun unless we're getting something out of it so accomplishment is key absolutely man iron sharpens iron all the time nah well chris we know you got a big game this week coming up so we hope you guys go out there and catch a W and finish off strong, man. Absolutely. We're looking strong, man. Things are very reminiscent of uh, those early years in tech. It'll be some familiar faces. You know, it won't be no love lost, but it, we'll, we'll do all that after. We got to get after it. Absolutely, man. And it's been good catching up with you as well because I know tech fans like to hear about hear from some of these greats, you know, to see what you guys are up to now. And uh, it's, it's, it's really cool to see you take what you learned at Tech and at other places and then help other young men try to yeah. reach that themselves. No, no doubt about it. Anybody in the Richmond area, pull up to the, to the university. It's a game to watch right now. We got, uh, we got some momentum going. So if in the Richmond area, come check us out. I promise you it's worth it. Yes, sir. Make sure you show Chris Ellis, Hokie Great, some love. Show – Show his guys some love. Cheer hard for him if you go to a game. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody catch up with Vince this week, man. Send that man a shout out, man. That's one of the best players. Uh, you won't show up with all the All-Americans and all that, but everybody who ever played with him is going to tell you that was that guy in the defense. Oh, yeah. Vince Hall goaded. Vince Hall definitely goaded. Sure. Like, tackles a year. Like, did it all. So, you know, that one, the average, the late fan won't know that, but you ever watched it, you knew the difference. That that was that might be Bud's favorite. I'm, I should put words in Bud's mouth, but if I know what he knows, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, Vince Hall is standard. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Having him and a DB together was almost unfair. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, was, he was able to do. We were able to be basic and still dominant. We didn't have to create any 
thousand blitzes and come from so many angles. I just remember when we would come up with a game plan in certain games and something wasn't going right first quarter, it was just get his whole defense together. He would say, fuck that. We're going cover two, play base defense. You better be in your gap or you're coming off the field and break the up. All right, that was it. Simple message. <laughs> you know, we would scratch everything and just play ball. And that's, that's when you got dogs, you can do that. Yeah, and it worked, clearly. Had some of the top defenses in the country. Absolutely. Fun time. It's fun time. No, well, Chris, thanks for coming on with us, man. Everyone, this was Chris Ellis, Hokie legend. Hope to one day see you getting that Hokie Hall of Fame as well, my man. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. That's happening. Yep. Continue to uh, you know, spread the word for those guys on the platform. And if you see them around town, take care of them. Hokie legends don't buy beer or food around us. Y'all know the deal. No doubt about it, fellas. Y'all have a good one. I appreciate it. Hey, bro, you too, man. Go Hokies. Go Hokies and go Spiders, Chris. Yeah, go Spiders, my bet. (laughs) All good, fellas. Y'all have a good one. Yes, sir.